We're in our series on who and what is the church. Who and what is the church? I want to read you something from from the pages of a Greek scholar, Charles Weiss, who defined, wrote these words in one of the study books that I have of his. He wrote these words about the church. And um, the word church comes from the Greek word ekklesia, And it's a body of called out individuals. And the word church refers to the invisible church. I've never seen that before. Never never quite saw it the way he was wording that. But that word ecclesia means the invisible church, not the seen church. The church is not the building. The building is where the church meets. And all over the planet, you can go places and uh, see buildings that are three and four and five and six and a thousand years old that are churches that were built and and whatever. And, And in a lot of them, there's no life at all. There's nothing in the building. The church is the invisible entity. Everybody say, I'm the church. church. Yep. You're the church, but pride will tell people that they are the church. There's many people that I've known through the, through the years that thought they had the ability to be and do what Jesus did. The problem is that we make up His body now. It's not me, it's not you, it's not five or ten of us. It's the body of Jesus Christ. And we're only as strong as our weakest link. People that operate in pride hinder the church of Jesus Christ throughout the world. You, me, I don't care who it is. People that operate in pride hinder the church of Jesus Christ. The title of our series is, Who and What is the Church? In the scriptures that we're going to read tonight, we're going to see the who and the what. The first message we had on video that well, when I was gone, and then last week, and then tonight, we're looking at who and what is the church. He goes on to say that the church is not merely an institution ruled by him, Jesus, as president, or a kingdom in which he is the supreme authority, or a vast company of men in moral sympathy with him, but it's a society. 
The church is a society in which, a society which is in vital connection with Him, having the source of its life in Him sustained and directed by His power. Sustained and directed by His power. As the church, there's only two things in the earth as the church that will cause us to be this hidden society, this internal society. Only two things. It's His Word and His Spirit. And you can't operate in one without the other effectively. You can have a head full of knowledge and think you're something, then you're in pride and you're hindering the church of Jesus Christ. Years ago, I made this statement. I made it from the pulpit years ago. And, uh, and, and, and a person left the church over this statement. And the statement was that us individually can hinder the advancement of God in His church. Us individually. And this person got fuming mad at me over what I said. I'm thinking, what? What did I say or why or what the deal? Because what I said and what I taught that day stepped on that person's toes. And I've heard lots of messages that step on my toes. Actually, today, I like messages that are toe-stepping. <laughs> I like them because they teach you. If you're open to it, you want to grow, and you're not in pride and rejecting and resisting things, I can, I can get something from any message preached anywhere. I mean, I may, there may be a message that I leave about two-thirds of it, or maybe 90% of it, but I can get something out of it. Because if somebody's talking the Bible and the Word, you can get something out of it. Can you say amen? That's how powerful that the Word is. But a knowledge of the Word without the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you ends up being pride. Because it's the wisdom of God which is what the Holy Spirit extracts from the knowledge that we gain and that we receive from Him. As I'm teaching the Word tonight, you'll, because I'm teaching the Word, you'll get faith will grow in you, you'll get understanding in your head, but it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal what you hear preached to you. And if you don't develop that in your life, then you can walk around with a bunch of messages in your head and produce nothing or very little. Everybody say, that's not me. Amen? I'm a word-spirit person. Amen? A word-spirit person. So, <clears throat> we are that invisible society having the source of its life in Him sustained and directed by His power, by the power of His Spirit. Can you say Amen? So I want to look at Ephesians 4, where we've looked the last couple of weeks. And tonight I'm just going to start with verse 11. I'm going to read 
11 through 16 in the New King James, and then I'm going to read verse 14 and 15 in the Passion Translation. So just follow with me for a minute, because I want to, I want to point out a couple of new points tonight that I haven't looked at the last couple of weeks. Verse 11, And he himself gave some as his, to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For what? For them to be something? No. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by that which every joint supplies. I want to read verse 14 and 15 in the Passion Translation, and then I'll end verse 16 in the New King James. And then our immaturity will end. In the New King James, it was tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Or or no, that we should no longer be children. And he said here in the Passion, and that our immaturity ends. No longer children, no, no longer immature Christians. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. The New King James worded it, speaking the truth in love. You know, you can speak the truth and say it however you want and not care how it's taken or what you're saying or what you're doing to someone else, but the Bible says mature people speak the truth in the love of God. Mature people do. Immature people don't take responsibility for what comes out of their mouth. And, you know, there's some strong words in the New King James here. You know, when he's talking about, or even in the Passion, he said, um, nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. It'd be easy to stand up here and name people that are deceivers. Well, you know, I, I don't teach deception, but boy, there's that person and that person. No. No, you can't do that. You're not called to do that. No. What matters is what produces fruit. If what I teach from here, what I bring, when I bring the Word, 
if that does something in your life, if it's changing you, if it's making a difference in your life because you're doing something with it, then what I'm teaching is truth that's liberating your life. There are a lot of, there are a lot of, there, you know, I mean, there, there's people with a lack of understanding and revelation of God that have the ability to bring clever thoughts and ideas and, and, and catchy phrases, and that's what he's talking about right here, that really produce no life. And I've seen, I've seen it, I've sat under it, I've listened to it. But that didn't mean they're bad. But I, 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 don't, I don't want things that are just clever and, and catchy and, and kind of up-to-date and, and what everybody else wants or whatever. I, I want the truth. We can bring it in a package. We can develop it and put it in a package that people can receive and accept. But it's the truth that sets you free. And he's saying that there are teachings out there that will lead you astray, that will deceive you. That's why we need to know the truth and we need the truth revealed to us by the person of the Holy Spirit so that we have, that we have spiritual discernment, not the spirit of discernment. We have spiritual discernment, not the spirit of discernment or the gift of discernment. There's no such thing. There's not a gift of discernment that you operate in and you figure everything out and you know everything that other people think. No such thing. No man knows the thoughts of another man except the spirit of God that's in him. But we're all, we all are called to walk in spiritual discernment, discerning of spirits and what's God and what's not God. What is the church for? To know and to understand that. Now, this verse, one of my favorite passages, also found in Ephesians, but in the third chapter, in the 10th verse, and I'm going to just read the 10th verse in the Amplified. I'm going to come back to the other one and finish that last verse. In a minute. But the, the Amplified in Ephesians 3 says this the purpose is that through the church, who's the church? Right? The purpose is what purpose? What he's talking about in Ephesians 3. <laughs> he's talking about that the purpose for the church on the planet is this. That the many-sided, that the, that the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all of its infinite variety and its innumerable aspects, many-sided what of God? Wisdom of God. Wisdom of God is the Word of God. But it's the Word of God that has been extracted from the knowledge of God. And when I have extracted knowledge that produces wisdom, he said that many-sided, many-faceted sides of the wisdom of God in all of its infinite variety and its innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers, authorities, principalities, powers in the heavenly sphere. 
principalities, the powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, that through the church, the church that knows who they are, we know who we are in the earth, we know we're connected to Him, we know that because of our connection to Him and our empowerment in Him, principalities, powers, rulers of their darkness, they have no authority. Listen to me, listen to me. That's the only battle that there is. Your neighbor's not your problem. Your spouse is not your problem. Other friends are not the problem. People that don't think like you are not your problem. Democrats are not your problem. Republicans are not your problem. The president of the United States is not your problem. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness. The purpose in the earth for the church. So who and what is the church? Who's the church? The church is the purpose of God in the earth. That through the church, we get from Him, from His Word, revealed by His Spirit, and let those things, those demonic spirits know, that operate in and through people, know that they have no right to operate. You've heard me say this, and I'll say it again. The biggest issue with dealing with principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, the biggest issue with dealing with those is you have to deal with them first in you. See, because in your soul, when you're still operating in strongholds of the past, pride, unforgiveness, and fear, doubt and unbelief, when you're still operating in that, see, the principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness and the spiritual wickedness in high places, they know they're defeated. But you know what? There's only one that they know, and that's Jesus. You, they don't give a jack about. And they're not going to listen to anything you say unless what you say is what he says then what I'm saying and I'm operating in Him because I've looked at my heart. I've looked at myself. I've dealt with me. and, And not just dealt with me, I'm dealing with me every day. I'm letting those things know they have no right, no place. I'm learning to speak the truth in love all the time. Why? Because God is love. So you can't speak truth that appears to be right and using it against your brother. There's a lot of people, I don't want them praying for me. I don't want you praying that my mind's going to think like you. I want you to pray that my mind is opened up so I can hear and see what God wants me to see. That's why you pray Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and Colossians 1. That's why you pray prayers like that over people. In a moment, we're going to pray that Colossians 1 prayer. I'm going to show you some things on the heels of that prayer that have to do with what the church is. We're talking tonight about who and what the church is. I'm the church. You're the church. We're the church. Right? And what the church is in the earth is the purpose. There's no other purpose on earth that heaven has but the church. 
And the church is not the building, it's the people. It's the ecclesia, it's the gathering, it's the society, the invisible society that is internal. And I tell you what, the earth cannot handle the church doing its job. Everything will line up. I've said this before, and you know this is true. If you've been around here at all, you know this is true. God is not in control of the world. He's not in control of the chaos out there. That's not the God I'd serve. But God is becoming more and more in control in the earth because I'm taking my place. See, I'm joint heirs with him. He did his part. Now for his part to work and function properly in the earth, which is the purpose in the earth of heaven, is the church being the church. For that to work, I have to do it his way. And he'll help me. He won't do it for me. If you're waiting for God to do, he already did. But he's got a great helper. And he's the invisible one that is connected with my invisible me. And we're one. And everything I get from him and I do, it works. Everything I try to do or try to dream up and try to make happen within myself that I didn't get from him, it doesn't work. See, the purpose in the earth is the church doing and operating in what Jesus accomplished. He gave us his word. He gave us his spirit. God gave us, God gave his only begotten son and his son in the garden chose the ultimate act of submission. God, if there be any other way, but not my will, yours be done. And when he chose that in the garden, it set everything in place. Now what God had set in place with Adam and Eve in the garden that they gave up, came back right there at that moment. It was consummated at the sitting down at the right hand of the Father. But it happened when he made the choice. And as the church... That's what you and I have to do every day. We have to choose Him. We have to choose His way every single day. When I choose His way every day, then the church, which is the purpose in the earth, is fulfilling what God put us here to accomplish. The thing about the church is, this is, this, this is amazing. It's, it's the reason I like the chosen so much. I love the chosen. How many love the chosen? Huh? Everybody see the big announcement last night? You didn't hear the announcement? Well, you got to go figure it out. You should have been there. Wow. But the reason I like it is because of what the way, the way the chosen has shown Jesus to be. Everybody, so much of the time, people are looking for the spectacular in the realm of the things of God. Always the spectacular. There's got to be some new spectacular thing. It's not about the spectacular. No. Because 
when we're doing our part in the earth, it's not about me. It's not about me. In the last six or seven, eight years, I've seen so many people's lives come around in people that I prayed for when I, when I shared with you and, and began to develop what God showed me about a, what a real prayer life was like. And, you know, I thought I had a real prayer life before then, but, but it just evolved into something new and fresh because I got it from him. And the people's lives that I've seen change since then, it, it just, it's staggering how many, and, I, and, and it happens all the time. Somebody new, another situation has happened, and I know when I hear it, I know that I played a part in that. But listen to me, it wasn't because of my prayers. It was because of what he did at Calvary. Did you hear me? It wasn't because of my prayers. But what if I didn't pray? Then what he did at Calvary would not have manifested in ways that, it, that God wanted it to manifest because I wasn't doing my part. I'm a joint heir. I'm a 50-50 partner in this thing. He did his, and now i got to do mine. You have to do yours. But when it happens, it's not because I prayed. When it happens because I prayed, it's because of what he did. Man, I don't know. I mean, you know, you know, some people can operate in false humility and say, well, you know, it wasn't me and it wasn't this. And, and on the inside, they're saying, you know, come on, say some more, say some more. You got to get rid of that. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. But it's about us connecting with him. And yeah, people will give you accolades. People say things to you. People will, you know, admire you. If you're, if you're walking by faith and you're trusting God and you're trusting him for the end result of everything that you're believing for and you're seeing those things come to pass, man, people gravitate toward you. But what matters is, is you know it's because of what he did. And the closer you get to him and the more you connect with him, that's what happens. But you know what it does? It produces results every single time. So if you're not seeing the every single time, don't quit. I'm not seeing it happen every single time, but I'm telling you, if his word says it, then it's absolutely true. And if his word says you do this and this happens, then that's the way it works. And if you've not seen it happen, don't quit. Because it's not him. There's just some more of you that's got to get out of the way. And when you get you out of the way, phew, man. I mean, I mean, the sky's the limit to what you can have and what you can accomplish in this earth through him. What are we talking about? Who and what the church is. Who and what the church is. Ephesians 1 and 22. <clears throat> and he put all things, I'm going to get back to that last verse in Ephesians 4. You thought, I forgot that one. No, I didn't. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. 
the fullness of him who fills all in all. He put all things under his feet. The Father put all things under the feet of Jesus. Gave Jesus to be the head over all things to what? To the church. Comma, which is his body. To the church, which is his body in the earth. Say, that's who I am. That's who we are. We're the body of Jesus Christ, but He called us the church. He called us a, a, an invisible society, an internal society that is developing something that nobody can stop. Listen, they can put you in jail. They can, they can cut your right arm off. They, can do, they can't stop this unless you stop it. It's invisible. They can't see it. That's why people underestimate this. That's why they underestimate the church. You know why? Because they're looking at a 600-year-old building where there's nothing going on. That's not the ecclesia. You and I are the ecclesia. We're the invisible, internal church that's connected to God's Word, connected to His Spirit, accomplishing in the earth everything God put us here to accomplish. I've lived on the planet for 62 years. My wife and I both. We've lived here for 62 years. In 38 years, I'll be 100. It's kind of a different way to look at something. But the next 38 years of my life, and, and as I get to 100, we'll decide how long we want to live here because that's what he tells us. We can live here as long as we want. That's what he said. I'm not saying that in pride. I'm just saying what he said. When you're done, when the Apostle Paul was done, he said, I've finished. And then he left. Doesn't matter how he left. They couldn't take him out until he was finished. So, what I see for the next 38 years, I see 38 years being like I lived 100 years. Does that make sense? Did you catch what I'm saying? The next 38 years of my life will be as though I was living 100 years because of how much I will get out of the next 38 years. Why? Because of the revelation that I have from the Word to do and be what He put me here to be. I know who I am and I know what I am. I know why I'm here and I, I, and I don't have to have anybody else affirm me, build me, stroke me, tell me I'm that or what. I don't have to have any of it. Because I know who I am, and I know what I'm here for, and I know what my purpose is, and my purpose is, is to make sure the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, they know who Burt Wimberley is. They know my address. They take wide swipes around my house. That's the way it has to be. 
But when you say something like that, you have to have the goods from God to be able to actually say that, mean it, and follow through with it. You don't just lightly say things like that because devils come after you and they want to see whether you really believe what you say you believe. But somewhere along this road in this journey, folks, we have to be the church. We got to be it. We can't just be here for our careers and for this and that. Whatever your career, whatever your journey is, you have to know that you are a minister of reconciliation, reconciling people to God because of your lifestyle and who you are and who God is on the inside. Whatever you do, it's to lead people to God. That's why we're here. And I'm telling you, we're busy, folks. I'm telling you, I've never been this busy in my life, ever. I'm not talking about because I'm a pastor. I'm talking about I've never been this busy for people in my life. And you know what? If you can't handle busy, then why would God give you more? So you have to learn how to prioritize. Realize the things that are most important. What's most important? What our purpose is. Why are we here? Because when I connect to Him, then He makes all the other things that I need come to me without anxiety, without stress, without pressure. He makes it all come to me without all those things. So then we can live this life in the fullness of Him that He just talked about. The fullness of Him who fills all and is in all of us. We can live this life in the fullness of Him. So, no matter how many more years you have on the planet, they can be like those years are double and triple. The years that you actually live because of how much you extracted from every day you were alive. I'm done with days where I get to the end of the day thinking, man, didn't accomplish anything mad about this, angry over that, frustrated over this thing and that thing. I'm done with those days. We're here to accomplish. We're here for fulfillment, to be fulfilled in the things of God. God wants you to have fulfilling relationships with everybody in your life. He wants you connected to the purpose that's in the earth. And when you understand that, then you realize flesh and blood are not your problem. And they're not. They're not. The devil is the problem. He's always been the problem, and he's still the problem, and we have to acknowledge that and recognize it. Can you say amen? amen. I'm almost finished. <clears throat> so I want you, I want to read this verse, and then I want to read this last passage I have in Colossians 1. First, go back and read Verse 16 of Ephesians 4. He said, From whom the whole body joined and knit together by that which every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share 
and causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That's where we're heading right there. That's where the church is heading right there. That's what you and I have a part to play in, is that, that according to the effective working by which every part, see, it's every part that matters. It's not just this part or that part. It's not just the five-fold ministry. No, the five-fold ministry is to equip the saints so that everybody does the work of the ministry. That's what it's for. He said, by that which every part does its share, causes growth of the body, and what happens? The body edifies itself. It grows up. No longer these immature ones that are tossed to and fro by every teaching. And this. No, you hear teaching. If it's off, you know it. You set it aside. The part that's right, you take, you receive, you, you, you allow it. Because the Holy Spirit inside of you is the revealer of what's real and what's not. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit. Right. And so He is the discerner of spirits. Right? And he'll discern and show you what's God and what's not God. Then you don't have to be and live your life deceived, not knowing from one day to the next what's real and what's not. And that's what that whole passage was talking about right there. Church at Ephesus and the church at Galatia, they they were constantly hounded by the Judaizers that were trying to convince them to go back to the law instead of keep the, the liberty and the freedom that Paul had preached to them. Constantly. After them trying to convince them of this, these little slight little twists of Scripture, trying to make them believe things. And, and when Paul comes back to the church at Galatia, in his second trip there, I mean, man, they're all deceived. And he said, what happened? How did you lose what I had given you? How did you let go the things that I had given to you? Because they had allowed themselves to be deceived. And God wants us strong where nothing's going to deceive us. And how can that happen? When we're the ecclesia, when we're that invisible society that cannot be moved and, and drawn away by natural things. Nothing can lead us astray because we have the Holy Ghost. Col- um, Colossians 1 and verse 9. <clears throat> Actually, look at verse 15 first. I'm going to read verse 15, and then I'm going to read the prayer from verse 9. Verse 15. He is the image. I really encourage you to go and read and look at these verses, these these last three verses of Scripture. Four verses that we're going to read right here. Go back and look at this and meditate on this. He is the image of what God? Invisible God that we're connected to in this invisible society. Invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he, 
is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. In other words, he may have first place in everything. Now I'm going to read these four verses in the Passion. He is the divine portrait. Mm. 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 The true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation, of all of us. For in him was created the universe of things both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority. It all exists through Him and for His purpose. Everybody say His purpose. What's the purpose? (laughs) But what's the purpose? What did we read? The purpose was that through the church. His purpose, He existed before anything was made and now Everything finds completion in Him. He is the head of His body, which is the church. Now catch this last part. He is the head of me. He is the head of you. He is the head of us. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. And yet, he focuses on us. I'm telling you, it's all about him. He said, it's all about us. Watch. Watch this last part. So, he's the head of the body, which is the church. Can you separate a head? Like if if I took Dale's head. Sorry, Dale. Uh, Let me me take it off here. Let's put your head over here and, and rest it over beside Isabel over here. Wait, wait, why won't it come off? It doesn't separate. So when he talks about, when the scripture there talks about the head, it's talking about the body. Now watch this. This is what he said. He's, and since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one holding first place in everything. What does that mean for you? You know what that means for me? You know what my, you know what my statement to that is? Me too. I said me too. I'll read it again. Since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection. He did the work. He is the most exalted one, and he holds first place in everything, and I'm not the exalted one, but I'm right with him. He's here, and and I'm right there. And since he's first in everything, me too, because I'm with him. Somebody tells me, well, you, you know, you have to take that sickness and disease. Well, well but, but what does he say? 
I'm with him. Well, but you, you know, you, you have to, you can't do something like, what did he say? He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What does he say about this? So whatever he said, he's first in everything. Me too. I'm first. How about you? See, see, first isn't like first down here. See, we're talking about invisible first. And you know what that means? That means that you believe that if you're connected to the head, and the head is everything that we just read that the head is, and everything that God did through him, then everything he is, I am, because I'm connected to him. I'm the body, which is the church in the earth. We're the church of Jesus Christ. We're the body of Jesus Christ in the earth, and we are the only hope that the planet has. Christ in you, the hope of the nations. There's no other hope. But it's got to be Jesus in me. And I've got to see myself connected to number one in everything. So that means we don't take a back seat to nothing. Could you ever see any politician intimidating Jesus? No, 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 because see, see, by the time he got where he was in his earthly ministry, now he knew who he was. Do we ever see Jesus operating in pride and flaunting what he had? That's why you can't operate in pride. I'm serious about it. You can't operate in pride. You're in pride. It don't work. But what he walked around doing was knowing he was first place in everything. So every time sickness tried to say something, no, no, well, whatever Father says, that's what we do. Because, see, he was connected to number one. And he was number one, but in his, in his sonship, the word became the son. And in his sonship, he just had to stay connected to number one. Even though he was number one, he was the living word, but he had to stay connected in his sonship to number one. So everything he did worked exactly like Father said. Me too. Everything I do that Father says, it works. Whatever you've done that doesn't work, that wasn't God. I mean, who else are you going to blame? You did something and it didn't work, then it has to be you. It has to be you not being able to filter things correctly, so just stay with it. I've made so many mistakes through the years. Things that I thought was God and it wasn't. And so what do you do? Repent. Move on. He's not freaked out. He just wants you to keep staying connected to him. And when I'm connected to him, I can't lose. So that's why we can pray this prayer. And I'm speaking this over you tonight as I do every day. But that's why we can pray this prayer and get results. That's why you're alive today. Because we got results. Amen? The body of Jesus got results. The prayers of the saints got results. Can you say amen? amen. Right? That's why Lee Dunning's alive today. Because the body of Jesus Christ got results. We prayed, things happened. You, you understand? That's why, yeah, that's why 
when you do what he says, it produces results, but that's why we have to stay connected to him so that we don't think we're something because we got some results. We got, we got results because of what he did. Man, don't ever forget that. Man, let that be drilled inside of you. Know the difference in that. Understand the difference in pride and what true assurance is, what true confidence in God is. We're not to be weak. We're not to, be, to back off, to be beggars, to, you know, oh, I'm not good enough, false humility and those kind of, we got to get delivered of all that kind of stuff too if you have that. But pride will, it, it'll annihilate faith in God. We give it no place. So, that's why we can pray this prayer. For this reason, I also, since the day I heard of it, I do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. with all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He's delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins tonight in the name of Jesus. That's what we have. That's what's ours. That's yours. We're empowered. Why? Because we're connected to number one. He's number one in everything. And 1 Timothy 3 and 15 says, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. God's house is his church, the pillar and the ground of truth, the pillar and the ground of truth. God's house, think about your house. The Bible says God's house is the church. He's invisible, his house is invisible to this natural eye. And that's what you and I are connected to. To an invisible society that is connected to the supreme being over this planet and every planet. He is that he is. He always was and he always will be. That's what you and I are connected to. It's a win-win. We can't lose. We're on top and we're not underneath tonight. Can you say amen? The greater one truly lives on the inside of each of us. And I'm telling you, this is the best day in the history of the world to be alive and to know what we know. The best day. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure out there. But we win when we stay connected to him. Can you say amen?